street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. note hey what's up guys nice to see you yeah here we are we got reed here with cordial curiosity and my buddy joe who's uh, been working on the street epistemology website amongst other things and dan the man hello joined us tonight hey what's going on reed i just saw that you released the video I did yeah yeah when did you record it um last sunday i believe do you have a, you have a backlog? Are you sitting on a lot? I do have like maybe over a dozen that I haven't uploaded yet. I just no shit. The time. Wow. And they're all YouTube worthy, you think? Yeah, they're they're not amazing, but they're they're YouTube worthy, I think. That's great. None of them will lift up to Tia, right? Not yet. No. <laughs> Tia was a great one. Yeah, I'm going to be going to Manchester, England to give uh, a couple workshops on street epistemology and Oslo, Norway after that. And we're going to probably have a table so people walking by can watch examples. And I want to show the TIA one uh, along with a few other ones. But I think the TIA one would be really cool to show. It's so perfect. It's just so quick and... It's being, just such a, it's such a great example of SE. And being quick would be a good one for a venue like that where people aren't going to sit and watch for a long time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So here just, we are. This is a I podcast, just, I, right? I just Yeah, this is a podcast. I just jumped over to the YouTube page and it looks like we are broadcasting there. And uh, it looks like people are chatting, which is great. I see some familiar faces there too. Mm. All right, so I thought about this already, and if we were Avengers, I would definitely be Spider-Man. <laughs> I think Reed would be the Hulk, obviously, because okay. he's that member of his. And yes. Anthony mention. has the chest cam, so he's kind of got that Iron Man thing going on. <laughs> and Joe, being oh. the oldest among us, Captain America. Captain mm. America? <laughs> you could say yeah. Professor Xavier. <laughs> well, I don't get into those shows at all. Well, that's why I'm here. Uh, so yeah, yeah. You bring up gotta the, get that uh, millennial perspective. There you go. Here we go. I'm a big, I'm a big superhero nerd. Well, Joe, tell us. I'll, I'll take, I'll take, uh, I'll take Captain America. I'm good with that. <laughs> all I know, he has a shield or something. Right. Joe, tell us a little bit about. What uh, what you've been doing with street epistemology? What's your claim to fame? <clears throat> I don't want any fame, Anthony. Dude, I don't you, want the fame. You do so uh, much for street epistemology. We should. Well, I I got brag a little bit about you. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll introduce myself. Um, I uh, read Peter's book pretty early on. I think it was almost right after it came out, and was. Uh, uh, obviously impressed by it and then sometime later you started doing videos right mm -hmm. uh, or was it immediate I, I don't remember it seemed like it was a while later like a year later or six months later 
Uh, and then when I if you skip if you skip my whole first year of videos, that's a good thing. <laughs> but when I started watching those, and you'd been making them for a little while, but not for a long time, uh, I did have to have to go back and see the the first ones. But when you started making videos, then it kind of kicked me into into gear. And uh, even though I had read the book, I didn't wasn't compelled to do anything about it at the time. But uh, it kind of took off, didn't it? And uh, obviously, we have Facebook groups now, and and I got involved quite a bit. And I I found I really I really feel strongly about this. I want to I want to do something with it. So I've been uh, working on the website. Uh, I built the the current website. Um, been involved with some of the projects that have been going on behind the scenes. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm an administrator on one of the Facebook groups. Um, I don't know, various things, various things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be going to QED uh, with you and some of the others, so that'll be fun. Um, You're helping us get swag to sell and everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. ordering the swag. Basically, whenever we need something technical done, with the street epistemology website or social media, Joe's usually our go-to person. So Joe yeah. does a lot, does a lot behind the scenes. That's great. How about That's you, Reed? Tell us a little bit about what you do, dude. I was just thinking, trying to get the timeline right. I mean, I think I read the Emmanuel for Creating Ideas, the book. Um, it came out in like late 2013, right? So I, I think I read it that spring of 2014. Wow, has it been that long? Yeah, it's been forever. And then I first saw Anthony's videos in December of, of that year, I think. When did I come out there? Was it November of 2015? I think it was 2016, I think. It wasn't that long ago, yeah. Or no, it was yeah, November, it was 2015. November 2015. I think I remember seeing you giving a talk or introducing a topic maybe at Atheist United. I think it was you. And you were mentioning a couple of your favorite YouTube channels and you mentioned me, I think. Oh, I think that was you. I'm not, I'm not, was that you? That might've happened. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy's like, he's seeing my videos. So that was really cool to see you, to see you doing that. And now you have your own channel. I do. Yeah. Your cordial curiosity. And uh, you just uploaded a video, which I'm really eager to see. I'm gonna probably watch it as soon as we're done here. Um, now your style's a little bit different in that uh, you typically, you have more of a sit down situation mm -hmm. as opposed to just walking up to people, you let them come to you. Yeah, you've, you've tried it out, like what, how do you, how do you feel the difference? Oh man, I was there, what, a month or so ago? Maybe two months yeah. ago? And I loved, I liked it, I liked it a lot. The only thing that, uh, was kind of a pain was the setup and breakdown. Mm. You know, you have a lot of things, it's heavy, you got to roll it. And, but in terms of production value and comfort, you're offering water and shade and you know, your, your cameras are fixed and your mics are there. So in terms of yeah. like, uh, in terms of that, I think it's great. It, it's probably even worth the extra effort. Yeah. So, so a chair, water and shade, what's not to love. Boom. I mean, it's so, it's so simple. I'm there for at least four or five hours. So an hour. How long? 
about about four hours or so. So mm, yeah. if I do thirty minutes setting up, thirty minutes breaking down, it's a uh, it's worth it. Yeah, when I go out, it's usually an hour and a half, maybe two hours max. Okay. And I love it because I can go out and hook up all my cameras and get everything going probably within five minutes. And I'm starting to talk to people. And that's kind of nice. Not having to set all that stuff up. I think there's there's pros and cons. Your, your, your situation, you're like, you're more established. It's safer. It seems safer what you're doing as opposed to me just out there with a camera and a whiteboard. Mm -hmm. All right, Daniel, we've kept you in the wings uh, too long here. Why don't you, you're, you're muted right now. Okay, yeah, go ahead yeah. and introduce yourself. So depending on who you ask, I'm either a victim or a success story <laughs> of street epistemology. Um, I was interviewed by Anthony about two years ago. It's about to be two years coming up on the anniversary date. And um, I was challenged on my beliefs. Uh, and I went from being a devout Christian to an atheist. Um, and before I get quote mind, because the first thing people always ask is, did street epistemology make me an atheist? And I have to say no. Um, I think Anthony helped me reevaluate my criteria for my belief, uh, my justifications for why I believe things, but he did not directly make me an atheist. I think that was a process. And I think he was a catalyst for that change, um, but he did not use any form of magic or deceit to just, <laughs> I didn't walk away being like, well, I guess God's not real now. I was like, no, I need to kind of think about this. And I'm here. So, so, so just a catalyst. He didn't actually beat you into atheism or anything. Yes, there's a timeline. And Anthony's on that timeline. But he's neither <laughs> okay. the beginning or end of that process. I would be a little worried if you did a abandon your belief as a result of a 20-minute talk. <laughs> because yeah. I would think, I would think, oh, gosh, this guy will just go for anything. That He's like maybe Trump, where the last thing that he hears is what he thinks is true. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. The funny thing is we never did do any follow-ups or anything, but it did um, kind of, it was a jumping off point for me to go into my own research and go into my own study and discussions with other people and kind of go on that own path. I didn't come back with you until this year and yeah. um, you know what happened. So yeah, we did a follow-up. It's that's on my YouTube channel. It's a great talk. We met maybe three months ago or so mm -hmm. we did our follow-up like yeah that was cool and that that kills me that that you didn't reach out uh because yeah i think if we had met a few more times maybe it would have been a smoother transition for you or a quicker transition for you i'm not sure yeah it was pretty rough i know other people have probably than i did but it was a hard one for me it was really hard um i definitely became an atheist kicking and screaming like I wasn't ready for it, but mm. yeah. Mm. So. Well, we're glad that you're here. And and I think one of the reasons why you're part of this group is because you've expressed an interest in wanting to learn street epistemology. You've joined the street epistemology Facebook group that's out there. And there are several out there now. Uh, there's a main one that that has more than 4,000 members. So if, you, if you're remotely interested in learning street epistemology, that is a great group to join. Mm. I and, thought I was invited for my sex appeal, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You guys want to comment on that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I get those listeners interested. So there you go. So no, none, of, none of us are denying it. So I'm not sure what that. Yeah, probably right. the best look of one of the bunch. We'll let the commenters decide. Yeah. There you go. There you go. No, I'm. I'm just. I'm really excited to see where SE is going, and there's so many things happening. I think Joe had the the idea of we should do a podcast where we're just talking about street epistemology. No, oh, was that? And I thought it was. I thought I thought it was your idea. Well, it was, I don't remember. One of you guys suggested it, and, and the three of us. <laughs> it, was one of, it was one of us, right? It was one of you. I've always and, and here we are. like this, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's really great. So we're, we're, we're just still just testing it out. We're, we're feeling it, feeling it out, seeing what, what it's going to be, right? Yes. I mean, we're, we don't necessarily even have to broadcast this from my YouTube channel. We have a Street Epistemology YouTube account. We can we can broadcast from there. We have an existing street epistemology podcast where we can take this and put it into audio form, and just add it alongside the other 173 episodes that are out there on the podcast, and and make this a weekly thing or a monthly thing, however you want it to go. Uh, I mean, we don't have to be also limited to just this four. If we wanted to bring somebody else on, I think that we could do that. We plan it out and bring it in. I'm just thinking now if we do like a format where we want to like review a video i'd love to do one that of, maybe one of us could like provide the video and if whoever does that the the live stream could be on that person's channel and we could just section off that part of it um the person who has the video would have to do the live stream yeah so like if you wanted to give a if you were us to talk about an interview you did we would have a live stream on your channel like it is now or if i wanted to get feedback on a video we could do a live stream on my channel mm -hmm. you know and uh, we, we could do like live streams just dedicated to reviewing a video or a few videos mm -hmm. and then we could have like a separate type of you know general discussion podcast on like the main se youtube uh, account maybe okay so you're proposing us running something locally that hasn't been uploaded to youtube yet from our piece from our computer is that what you say um it could be a video that's already uploaded or a new video that hasn't been seen before mm -hmm. whichever but but whoever's video that is that's the channel where the live stream would be that would that would make oh, the most but, sense but the but so the live stream would be on that person's channel. Like if it was your video, it'd be on your yeah. channel. But but once we've done the podcast, it would be recorded and distributed. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-recorded the, in, in the main. Take the audio. I see. Put it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll have to see what the interest is. Uh, the, there might be a number of people that would prefer to watch it live and be watching the video. And in that case, yeah. maybe we want to have the same channel constantly broadcasting it, like the Street Epistemology account. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, okay. We can have that out, I guess. All right. Um, we do, I don't know if we, we need to get to show names. We're, we're kind of we're bouncing some ideas uh, of what we, what we call this, but maybe we can just see if this is something we want to keep doing. And... Okay. I, I think we should ask if people are watching this we should have them uh, submit ideas for the name of the podcast 
Yes, I agree with that. Why not? Go ahead and oh, them. All we've got is our our small list of you know not not very terrific ideas. I, I'm sure somebody can come up with something good. I also think uh, what I'd like to try to do on this show, this venue, is to keep people abreast as far as what's happening in street epistemology. Yep. Projects that are coming up, speaking engagements for people, like let's say Rita's giving a talk somewhere in California, but that would be really nice to mention. Or mm -hmm. some of the interesting things that I see happening with regards to street epistemology, people talking about it, people becoming interested in it, people actually using it that you would never expect to be using it. Reviewing which apologists are writing blog posts about it. Sure, talking, yeah, talking about some of the criticisms that we're seeing about it. I think we, we should definitely get into that. I think that'd be great. So let's make a segment called Street Epistemology News. What's in the news this week or this month? Bum, 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 bum. Who's bad talking us? Was, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say shit talking is, but well, now see, I've said it. How do what do um, we do about the the inevitable profanity that comes from me? Are we going to edit that out? There goes the explicit tag. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I fall. I don't really have any strong. I don't have really have strong feelings on it, but I'm not sure what the implications would be if we started dropping f bombs. <laughs> and I don't mean faith. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's let's just start saying that every time we're going to say the other word. Okay, let's not do that. Yeah. Faith you? What the, what the faith, faith is he talking, talking about? There you go, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I have an interesting video that that's in the works. I've been editing it all day. Uh, unfortunately, the woman didn't want her face shown, so I have to... It's tedious to freaking do that. Oh, there, must be a, there might be a faster way. But in order to get it right, I want to make sure that it's tracking. And she's moving all the time. She's like rocking back and forth, so it makes it really challenging. But hopefully I can get that one released tomorrow. And I went out today, and I had a couple of good talks. And they're, they, uh, it's, uh, Reed, I know you were mentioning that you have somebody already queued up. And it's not hard to get a talk. Hmm. What, what I struggle with is deciding which ones I want to take the time to edit and upload. Do you have that problem? Do you think you could find an editor? Like I'm sure someone That's what I said. To, to do this for you. Yeah, what are they what would they charge? I mean, I'm sure if they are supportive of epistemology, they would do it for free. Just Maybe. something they uh, they would like to contribute if someone's out there. Yeah, if someone's out there and you're interested in doing that, message me. Uh, we can I could upload the raw video to Google Drive, you can edit it. There's a certain look, and I have little preferences on, on how that goes. My problem is that I'm very particular. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's very picky. Have you noticed that? Right. <laughs> like the 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 captions need to start exactly when the person talks, and and uh -huh. there's a certain format that I've come up with, and color coding, and um, yeah. Maybe I need well, to relinqu maybe I need to relinquish a little I, control in order to. I, I think you can delegate it. and still you can have somebody else do it and, and then just review it when they're done if it doesn't meet your. You, know, you could give notes. Yeah, I can give some specifications, right? It has to do this, has to do that. The thing with volunteers, though, that I've noticed is that people are very eager to help, 
and then you might get one out of 10 that follow through. And then that person usually does it one or two times and then loses interest. Mm-hmm. Nobody's okay. going to probably care as much as you do. So it's almost easier for me just to figure, you know, find, find the time. And rather than upload five videos, I upload two because that's the only time that I have to do it. And I just move on to, and, and just keep recording new ones. And I do save everything though. I, I don't delete anything because that one video that I didn't upload because I thought it was not good. It's entirely possible that somebody might come back a year later and say that that was a profound moment in my life, you know, so then I have some I have the video footage. So I save everything. Mm-hmm. It happens. How many hard drives do you have? It does happen. <laughs> <laughs> I have a box of hard drives. It's, uh, it's right over here. You can't see it. It's off camera. I have four hard drives in there. I started getting one terabyte hard drives, and then the prices kept coming down, so now they're like three or four or five or something. Yeah. And you just let it become a roll for like the entire time you're there, right? Usually when I see somebody heading towards me on the trail, that's when I hit record, but I have the camera pointing down. Okay. Man. So you get, you get the very start of it, like them walking by, me making the pitch, them agreeing to it, agreeing to me recording them, flipping it up. You, I noticed, you go right to, hey, uh, I believe in karma. Like, you see, so cut all that other stuff out. Yeah, I just skip straight to it. I mean, if people want to see how to do the rapport, they can go to you for that. <laughs> Where's your rapport building, Reed? Where's I'll, I'll your rapport building? I'll take that hit. I, I, I don't mind keeping that because I figure, well, people can skip past it. And also, if anyone ever thinks that this is a setup, there's a little bit of additional evidence to suggest that it's real that they, this was a real conversation that just kind of happened semi-organically like i'm I'm still trying to initiate them i think people can see that based on the context of the dozens of other videos i have like am i paying all these actors to do this out in the parks every weekend or i don't know that's kind of expensive on reed salary no <laughs> Yeah, your situation, a lot of your interlocutors probably are actors. <laughs> a lot of them are. Or they've got a script they really want you to read. <laughs> Did somebody say that uh, you had a conversation with somebody and it turned out that she was just trolling you? I thought well, it, I, yeah, that's a Bambi Ford uh, one. Bambi. I'm pretty sure she was just, uh, she's just playing around. Okay. The character. Did you take it down or did you, but, is it still up? It's. I left it up just for entertainment's sake on my part because it, it's a very unique. It video. looks. It looks clear to me that she was um, not really that person, and I got the impression that she was just sort of taking the opportunity to to advertise herself. If uh, you are in the chat right now, if if you know what video we're talking about, if you can drop that in for the viewers, that would be really. Yeah. I'm not looking at the chat. It's, there's a huge lag, and it's very distracting. So I'm trying to avoid looking at it. Mm-hmm. Is there any other SE news we should talk about? Yes, there is. Uh, thank you very much for asking, Joe. So up until this point, there really hasn't been any specific official logo associated with street epistemology. Uh, people, people have come up with graphics, and we've been using them on the Twitter account and the podcast and the Facebook entities and that type of thing, which is kind of like a 
a, a silhouette of a head with like this a red swirl on it, which is really cool. But we want to have an official logo, something that we've purchased and that we can put on merchandise so that we can sell some items on Evolve Fish and bring in a little bit of income to cover the expenses that volunteers are incurring by keeping street epistemology going. We, it's expensive to run, to host a website and, and, and pay for that recurring fee. Or if somebody needs to travel somewhere and give a talk, sometimes these places, sometimes it's like the Secular Student Alliance. They don't have a lot of money. And if there was a way to cover some of those expenses, it would be great. Or like this, this thing coming up in Manchester, England, October, is it like 12th and 13th? 13th, 14th? Uh, 13th and 14th, I think. Yeah. We're going to have a table, but we need a banner. Well, it's going to cost $100 for a banner. I'm going to pay it. It's not a big deal. We can use it over and over again. But at some point, the volunteers can't keep putting money out. So to, to, we want to have a way to be able to, to cover some of our expenses. And we're going to have a contest. We'll be announcing it on Twitter and, and Facebook, all over social media, asking people to come up with designs. Probably within the next couple of days, we'll have all the terminology uh, written down and and we'll have a way for people to come up with a design submit it it will be evaluated and then the winning design will buy from you we will we'll actually will be owning it and then we can go ahead and put it on merchandise and you can wear a t-shirt that says some profound question okay like how did you determine that your god is real or something like that something something kind of atheist light nothing kind of too much in, in your face how did you know that? How did you determine that that's true? And maybe like an SE logo or something on it. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, Vincent DePorter is is managing that project. He'll be putting an announcement out pretty soon, and that should be pretty cool to be able to finally have sort of a look and feel. I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. What about uh, David Smalley joined the group, right? Yeah. What's your thought on that, Reed? Um, I listened to that clip of him um, ask a few SE type questions on his on his latest uh, interview or podcast, and uh, I think he's I think it would uh, help him a lot. Like he he said, like that was the longest pause he had ever let happen on his podcast before. And a bunch of people were like wondering if their podcast player had broken. <laughs> That's exactly. Perfect. That's what you mm -hmm. want. And that he mentioned awesome. uh, that he shouldn't have let him off the hook. He should have like continued on that same line of questioning, questioning yeah. how he determined. Well, the fact that he let let the pause happen was, I think, good enough. I mean, yeah, that that speaks for itself. The pause. The episode that we're talking about here looks like it's episode three thirty one. Christian listener versus David Smalley. Yeah, and when I listened to it, I was really excited because he was asking uh, his his God-believing guest uh, where he was in terms of his confidence that the belief was true on a scale. He uh, he allowed him plenty of time to answer the questions, and there was a super long pause, like you mentioned. And David, I noticed, kept revisiting the scale too. And then on top of that, David joined the private Street Epistemology Facebook group, which is really great to see. He's he, he's been out there in the atheist community discussing things with believers all the time. And to see somebody uh, like him interested in SE was really great. And he was soliciting feedback from 
people that know SE. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. was, he said that it's one of the reasons why he came back to Facebook is so that he could be engaging with people that know this stuff. And that's I, so encouraging, man. I'm a big fan of him. And I used to listen to his podcast all the time. I just, now I just can't, I can't listen to camera apologetics. I just can't. <laughs> I can't either. Too much Jesus. I always what's, say. what's neat to see is David, it seems like he's adapting. It's not mm-hmm. just let me give you the counter apologetic to your apologetic. This is more, and he's always, he's always been friendly with his guests and respectful and challenging them. And yet it does seem like it always get, got back to the apologetics. The other thing that's interesting is like when you and I read, have a talk, we have maybe five or 10 minutes, 15 minutes with a stranger. He's got a whole lot of time to fill. So I think he's going to probably, I would imagine he's going to find his own way to put his spin on it, to keep it interesting for his, for his audience. Um, but I think it could be done. I think he could, he's creative enough where he can find that, that proper mix. Well, if SD conversations can keep going for pretty long, if you mm-hmm. find somebody and if they turn out short, just have 10 conversations on a podcast or something. I don't know. Yeah. I remember when I first looked at Anthony's videos right after he interviewed me and I saw some of these and I'm like, who wants to watch a 30 minute video about mm-hmm. some college kid talking about his religious beliefs? Now, I think it's incredibly interesting. <laughs> um, but there is an importance to that length because we don't want to be so quick to just giving that kind of apologetic. Like you said, there is definitely a need for these pauses. Um, for these times of reflection and stuff. I think that was especially important in our conversation. Anthony and I was 30 minutes, which is on the longer side on some of his videos. And I think that really every minute really counted um, for that. And it's it's important to take time with that kind of stuff. So, Yeah, our yeah, talk was a little different in that there were two. It, it was you and your buddy. So that made it a little bit longer. Yeah, and then you, and then also you you asked me questions, so it was more of a back and forth. And I, you know, I've noticed a theme with you and Reed's videos that I think that people who do ask questions back tend to come to a change in their belief more so than others. I don't have any hard evidence of that. That's kind of an intuitive, you know, observation. But that's what it seems to me. Yeah, it might be a, an indication of their openness mm-hmm. to. Yeah, there's more cognition going on. People are thinking about it a little more, honestly, maybe. So, I don't know. Yeah, it certainly could be a sign of their interest in the talk, and they're they're testing the waters a little bit. Oh, here's somebody that doesn't believe what I believe, and he how is he coping? How is he managing? He has kids too. How does that all work? Like, how do you raise yeah. kids without this belief? So yeah, maybe there maybe there's something to that. Wasn't there uh, another fairly famous uh, personality that joined the group a while back? Um, well, Seth Andrews. Uh, Seth joined. Andrews, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Now he's been lurking, I think. I, I haven't checked to see if he's still a member. I mean, he probably is. He's been a little busy of late. <laughs> I bet. Um, and there's Aaron Ra, he's trying his best. Is he still Aaron. trying, or did he just give up on the on the SE thing? I'm not sure, but I'm going to see I'm not him sure. Sunday. I'm not sure, but listen, I would love to go out and do another day of street epistemology with him. I'm going to drive. That would be a blast. 
Yeah. I'm going to see him this Sunday at, a, at an event oh, here in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah? he's nice. That guy's everywhere, man. He's flying all over the place. Yeah, it's at Griffith Park where I usually do my my uh, conversations, but in, in a different spot. So I'm going to try to go out and uh, see if he can sit down at my table for a little bit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be great. Let's see. I'm going to try. That would be great. See if see if you can get him to uh, uh, come up with something he believes in quite sincerely. And yeah, he's just so intimidating. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> the thing. Yeah, I, I could t I could say yeah. Aaron's a great guy. Um, I would love to go do SE again with him, or even just hang out with him. Uh, I got some great feedback on that day that we went out and we, we were doing street epistemology together. And a lot of people said that they, it was, it was better to even watch. It was, it was just, sorry, how, how should I wear this? It was more effective to some, some people to watch him struggle with it and fall back to his old ways. Mm -hmm. And they saw how, uh, detrimental to the conversation that was mm -hmm. that that was more powerful to to underscore the importance of se than to watch an effective se talk so seeing him sort of flip back produced a kind of contrast between the two that seeing him basically do se as best as he could but then the last talk that we had that he had it was kind of like a debate it was pretty mm -hmm. much argumentative that people watching that it just further emphasized that in certain situations, SE might actually be more effective. Hmm. I can see that. But no, I, I, I love the fact that he put himself out there and, and expressed an interest in learning it and gave it his, his all. <laughs> he took it yeah, seriously. Cool. This, this wasn't just a jaunt. Like he, he was really interested in learning it and did his best. And we even cut a couple talks that I, I felt like, eh, that's just, let's just leave that on the floor. And, and that we still had an hour and a half, you know, long video or whatever it was. But, mm -hmm. but no, he he's he's great, and I think I think he would be good at it. He just just like any atheist who who has a hard time letting ridiculous claims slide for the benefit of the discussion. It's hard to do. It takes it a, hard. it's hard for me to do. Especially if I talk to a confident believer who's just smug and arrogant and they want to tell me how right they are and how wrong uh, how wrong I am it's very hard to stay in se mode it's very 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 difficult and it takes time it takes practice so um, I would love to go out and do it again or see you read with him I think that would be really cool to ha have him sitting down at your table doing a little se with somebody totally yeah you got to try to make that happen if you can <laughs> I'll try. So what's our, what's the general thrust of this podcast? What are we going to try to do with this? What is it we want to accomplish? Or do we know that? I, I would like to use it as a way to keep people up to date as far as what's going on with SE and maybe address some of the, some of the topics maybe that come up in the private group that are interesting. So like, people somebody made a post today how do you how do you uh how do you not get frustrated with believers something we're just talking about yeah that's a common one well we could that's do things like that we could we could just answer common questions um 
mm-hmm. or discuss them. We could, uh, we could, we could answer listener questions. We could. Um, I think we should also talk about some of the technical aspects of SE too. Yeah. Reed has a different setup than I do. Uh, Daniel, I think you, you, you were talking about possibly going out and doing something. And I think we could talk about the equipment. We can talk about some of the challenges that you might have with the, with the police that might show up because somebody complained that there's a man in the woods with a camera. <laughs> man in the woods with a camera. I think that could be useful for people who are toying with the idea of initiating talks and recording them. Hmm. I would love yes. to um, discuss kind of the more like psychological elements toward like about it like like I, I'm using a tons of idea from moral psychology and and there's just new studies being published there like all the time and I definitely if a, if a new study comes out we could like use our past mm-hmm. interviews or current interviews to like demonstrate or try to figure out does this apply in this way and could we use this new knowledge oh my gosh <laughs> I, love, I love I love that know, idea definitely yeah. Yeah, people say, Anthony, you should go back and you need to study. You need to study philosophy. No, if, if I if I was going to spend my time doing anything, I would go back and study psychology. So yeah, the, I, yeah. any, any new, philosophy. new studies. Uh, What's that? Go ahead. Yeah, like the philosophy is pretty set. Like we're pretty. It's, that's pretty on solid ground, but the psychology is like very new and like it's always being updated. Yeah, and the cool thing about us talking about it is we can go out the next day and start implementing things that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And I think I've even picked up on some things that we may have talked about, Reed, where, or I don't know where I picked it up from, probably from psychologists that are contacting me and giving me suggestions. Like I had a talk with a woman who was teaching her kids that when you see a cardinal, it's a dead relative that's coming back to talk to you. And... I shifted the talk to what her life would be like without the belief. Could she still honor her loved ones if she didn't think that a rainbow was her grandmother and a cardinal was her uncle coming back? That's awesome. Yeah, that's exactly where I would have gone in the same situation. Yeah, and I don't. I I don't think I ever would, would even consider doing that six months ago, maybe even three months ago. So, yeah, feedback like that I think can really help. Um, drive these conversations in a, in a more positive direction. We've got a list of possible topics to, to discuss and could probably ask listeners to uh, supply more and might maybe get a feeling for what kinds of things they would like to see us talk about. I have the chat up on my phone on the side here and I oh. see some people asking some pretty good questions too if you ever want to do oh, yeah? that. Uh, can we save that off or record that somehow? Um, I don't know. I think with the live chats for YouTube, they disappear once the. You could probably just over. you could probably screenshot it from your device. Yeah. Once it's done, you can like copy all of the text before you close the window. Like you can go all the way up back up to the top and just paste it into a, a document. Okay, that'd yeah. be cool. We did do a little preparation before this this broadcast, so we jo- we we created a document, the four of us, and we jotted down some ideas. I can run through them real quick. Um, the pros and cons of in-person versus online chat. Daniel's experience came up. Are we making a difference? How to keep calm? Tips for filming people in public? Why this is important to us? 
I think that could be, we might even want to end on that. That might be a good one to cover today. How much to disclose to your interlocutor? That's, that is a, that's a whole, that could be a whole show. Yeah. Yeah. When, when is the best time to end a talk? The apologist community's reaction to street epistemology. That could be a couple of talks probably right there. Yes. The future of street epistemology, defenses against street epistemology, what constitutes a street epistemology success? What constitutes a failure? Are there ethics related to street epistemology and street epistemology beyond religious topics? And that's that's just a short list. I mean, I could probably uh, come up with 50 more things to add to that. And you also mentioned people that we would be interested in challenging them to try street epistemology. Is that right? Is that how you want to do it, Anthony? Challenge people to do street epistemology? I mean, I, I always want to encourage people to try it. You mentioned specific people that we wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that was an idea that I threw out. My, okay, I guess we can get into that, unless you guys had something you want to talk about. I could talk about any of these things. Okay, so my idea for, for something we can talk about was what person would you what person do you think would be really good at street epistemology that you would like to see using it well this was the one where i, I immediately thought of two people and now i can't think of either one. <laughs> so we'll come back to you <laughs> okay so daniel you brought it up so you must have somebody on your mind i did there's a guy on youtube his name is cosmic skeptic um that was one he, of mine so yes he <laughs> He's around my age, uh, lives in the UK. Uh, I can't remember his full name. It's Alex something. Um, and he's got, last time I checked, he had Alex 80. Alex O'Connor, yes. I thought um, Reed was cosmic skeptic. They, kind of <laughs> they look a lot alike, actually. Uh, they had like 80,000 subscribers last time, I think. He probably has more than that now. So he's pretty super good. Someone his age and he has this really I just heard a, by, by the way I just heard a crunching noise or something I don't know pretzels maybe yeah Joe. what is that <laughs> there we go he made okay um, if I don't say something it's gonna drive me crazy okay okay I think it's the cat here. yeah, yeah. it might be Mike hitting your jacket too um, anyway he has just some really impressive videos he's already done talks on radio shows. He's done a presentation in New Mexico, I think. Uh, and he did an interview with Lawrence Krauss. Um, so he's... I saw, I saw him do an interview with Justin Brierley or Jason Brierley. <clears throat> and I was just terribly impressed with him. Yeah. yeah he, was, he was great. I think he would be a great person to try street epistemology with. I think I he would agree. find a lot of success with the method. So. Hmm. Yeah, I think he'd be awesome. How about I you, remember I remember my other guy, so when you're... Oh, um, okay. Go ahead, Joe, real quick. Oh, okay. Uh, the other one I think would be great uh, would be this Michael, Michael Marshall, who's the uh, co-organizer uh, of QED. He's... he's uh, yeah, you know, he's, is he um, speaking? He is, is he speaking at QED, yes. Okay. Uh, He's uh, he's on the Skeptics with the K podcast. He also oh, does the, the yeah. Be Reasonable podcast, and and that's the main reason why I think he'd be good at it. Because on Be Reasonable, he basically just invites one person for each episode who has some 
unusual belief and just sits there and talks to them in a very reasonable and respectful manner, talks to them about like the last one he was talking to this uh, conspiracy theory lady. She literally believed that in the, in all of the, the lizards, the, uh, the nine 11 conspiracy, every single one of them she, she bought into. And he just talks to them, tries to get a, a, an understanding for, you know, what they believe and, and all that. It's, it's so close to being SE, uh, it just makes me want to go just just a little bit further, you know, not don't ask that one. Ask this question just a little bit differently and you're right there. So I think he would be fantastic. And he's got a, a fairly significant uh, following. So that's my other guy. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right. My number one is Joe Rogan. He's Ooh. having three hour conversations like every weekday. So if he did it for like even like twenty minutes with each guest, that would be. Yes, because maybe his guests would notice that he's. They 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 look at the entire broadcast and recognize, wow, he was really productive when he was doing that type of questioning, but then it all went off the rails. Mm -hmm. Kind of like back to the whole Arn thing. You get the comparison of really really smooth and effective, and then this sort of battle. Yeah, someone mentioned Tracy Harris in the chat just now, and uh, yeah, like mm. she she shared one of my videos a couple weeks ago, and I've I've been chatting with her a bit on oh, Facebook. Good. Okay, so, good. Uh, she, yeah, she she might also. I don't want to say anything, but just uh yeah, be on the uh, <laughs> on the lookout for that with Tracy Harris. Also, Sam Harris, he he has a great podcast, and I would love to oh, see that man. That's that's the number one, I think. Yeah, okay. Okay, I, I forgot. Yeah, I guess I would change mine. I wasn't thinking Sam Harris, but when I saw him struggle with Scott Adams on his yeah. podcast, or, or um, Peterson, holy Jordan crap. Peterson. I was like, please, somebody break through the noise and tell him about street epistemology. <laughs> I think it would it would dramatically improve his interviewing and, yeah. and reduce frustration and help people so yeah okay yeah harris would be a big one i was thinking kind of along the lines of of atheist experience but i was thinking of um this might be somewhat controversial is um matt dillahunty's wife uh is on the godless what is it called godless bitches podcast is that still happening i don't know if that's still happening or not i, think I, don't, think I, I don't think i've seen a new one in a long time but I know Matt has mentioned on several occasions that she would give him some grief for pointing out the fallacies when he's talking to believers. And, and that got me thinking that that is exactly what we try to do when we're using street epistemology. We recognize that there is a fallacy being used, but we also understand that pointing out that somebody's using a fallacy is not going to be helpful. So I think she understands some of the, the main concepts behind SE. And I, I think she's a, she's a personable person. And I think it would be really interesting to see her using SE at some point. Mm -hmm. So if anyone in the comments, in the chat, has connections to any of these people, <laughs> let them know that we're thinking about them. And we'd be interested in talking to them. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> Sam Harris is going to be so excited when he finds out that the That's four right. of us <laughs> want to hear from him. He would be fantastic, though. Just man, he's he is so good. Just imagine if he was doing SE. 
He would just yeah, and he doesn't have to do it his whole show. It could be like the David no. Smalley thing we talked about. It could be a mixture of it. Yeah, but he would he would be capable enough of shifting gears and going in hard when you needed to, and, and also pulling it back and and trying a more uh, the more Socratic approach. Mm-hmm. Cool. Next thing. Next topic. Let's go. Daniel's excited. Do you want to take a, you want to take one question from the audience and then maybe we can end on why this is important to us? Sure. Okay. Who's watching the chat? Is that you, Daniel? Yeah. So you just find any question I want. Is that <laughs> how many people are watching live right now? Um seventy five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So if you have a question, go ahead and put it in the chat. Um, I'll take a look at some of the other ones. There was one before that I saw. I was like, what What are some of the prominent atheist public figures and what, what they think of SE? Have, has anyone mentioned it? Like, I know Matt has, Matt Delahunty, and David Smalley talked about it, like, with his talk with Sam Harris and uh, who else, like, just recently? Oh, that's right. Okay, so yeah, Sam Harris and Sam and Sarah Hader were on stage with David Smalley, and somebody said that David Smalley mentioned street epistemology during a Q and A, I think, and maybe talked about it for a minute. Oh, I gotta hear that. I know, right? I don't want to hear that too. I, so that's I think, I think Sam Harris's blog had a posting that said something that was something about street epistemology. Well, he interviewed Peter Bogosian. Yes, but maybe that's that was, what it was 2013. You guys, I mean, come yeah. on. It's it's about I think we're due for another yeah another true. introduction yeah oh the Joe Rogan thing I think that would be great I I think he he'd be out I I wanted weigh in on that I think I think he would be I don't know if he would be able to stick to it yeah does he have really have the personality to I don't I don't know if he has the tolerance mm-hmm. that he could stay in SE mode for very long but he should definitely learn about it I think. I think it would be great to to be able to talk to street epistemology on that show. I think that would be awesome. So here's a quick question. It was the first one I see here. Uh, how often do you get footage that is unusable because people say they don't want to be a part of it or want it to go online? I'm wheeling and dealing all the time. So I, I try to work out the details before we even film. Because if somebody says, no, you, we can have the discussion, but uh, don't use my face. You know, you can use audio only. I might even just say, well, you know, that's okay. I think I'll, if it's okay with you, I'll just move on to somebody else because the next person is going to probably say, go ahead and record me. But it, it happens enough where I'm usually negotiating with them to a, to a certain extent. Maybe one out of four times, once out, out of the four times somebody agrees to be interviewed, one time they make an issue out of being recorded. And I have to negotiate, blur their face, or point the camera down at our shoes or something. Do you, ever get, do you get them where they just after they afterwards they say I've changed my mind I just don't want it and you just have to discard it and not use it? It's happened a couple times, but not that much. Not very often. Maybe because I try to work work that stuff out beforehand. Okay. But it's that sucks. That sucks when people. If I could just finish this one point, sure. people that I've talked to in college are now starting to graduate, and they're looking for jobs, and they're sort of scouring social media to see what might be harmful. And so I have had a few people reach out, and I've had to take some great videos down 
because the person asked me to. And I've, I, hey, can, can I, can I put a blur on it? Could I beep out your name? No, no, no. Well, I'm not going to be an idiot and you know, be a jerk about it and leave it up. I take it down, and it it, it hurts because yeah. it's, it's it's some of them are very very good examples. What about even just the transcript? Can you get them? To That's that? okay. So yes, um, there there was one time where I had this great talk with a person, didn't want to be filmed, didn't want to do audio only, but she did agree to have a transcript done. So we're in the process oh, of having so a volunteer transcript uh, do a transcript of it. Wow. For me, it's very rare because my my cameras and microphones are very obvious. And I, I usually just sit there and let people come up to me. So it's really just a, a good selection of people. If they sit down, they're willing to be recorded. They know the they're going to be on, on a screen somewhere, right? Usually, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm sure as well. It's, it's very rare. Yeah, I, I try to spell it out too. Like, can I have your permission to record this? And then I like to get them saying that on the camera, on the on the recording. I'm still I'm recording their feet, their shoes, but I like to have a video, uh, audio of them saying that they agree to it. Um, this is an interesting topic because if we want other people to start recording their talks and submitting them, possibly for some large entity that has a lot of subscribers that is just looking for content. This is a, this is a challenge that I think we'll have to work out so that if somebody's going out for their first time in Chicago to film a talk, they have an idea of what the protocol is that what we would need in order to take their content and edit it and distribute it and not have to deal with a lawsuit or being forced to take it down. Um, I'm not sure what the legalities is are. It probably varies from state to state and likely varies from country to country. Yeah. And it gets complicated too when you start monetizing. That's one of the reasons why I don't monetize. People tell me all the time, how come, what's the link to your Patreon? How come you're not monetizing your YouTube channel? And I, the main reason why I don't do that is because it's my understanding that by doing so, I would need to compensate people for their interview, give them a, a Starbucks gift card or pay them a hundred bucks or something, or maybe even a dollar. I don't know. Or get them to plus, sign some kind of release. Plus, plus, get them to sign a release. That's my that's my current understanding, and that that's it's, I don't know. It's just easier for me to just get verbal consent. I throw it on my YouTube channel, and that's that's good yeah, enough. All those laws are very tied to traditional media, like TV and movies. With YouTube, it's kind of like the Wild West. Like, there's so much content going up every day. Yeah. It's just. Mm -hmm. I did have one person get really mad that I uploaded the video. I think she just, she didn't, she knew I was recording it, but didn't realize that I'd be posting it. And she just got really just angry and, and I ended up taking the video down, but it was like, she was ready to go nuclear. You know? <laughs> I'm going to tell people where you live and what your wife does, and what your kids go to school and all this crap. So, so you have to be sensitive to that. You have to be careful. So yeah, be be very clear about what you're doing and and how you plan on uh, using the footage. When I give them my card, I have like my social media and my YouTube channel right on it. So and see, people, I, people I don't do that. I don't do that because I don't want people to see their video right away. 
and that's kind of funny saying that because we got Daniel right here. <laughs> but no, I mean, I I think it's it's harder if if I have a talk with somebody and I know that I, there's a good chance that I'm going to see them tomorrow, and they've just watched their video, and they've watched 50 people slam them. It's going to make it more. It's going to make it harder for me to have a second, third, and fourth talk. Yeah. So I do want to wait. I want to. I want to delay that as much as possible. It's not that I don't want them to ever see it, but I, I want to, at least a month to pass, ideally. I'm not in a spot consistently enough to expect multiple conversations at this point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, those comments are brutal, man. <laughs> it was, I've I, never, I've never read any of them. Are they? What are they like? Well, hey, let's give a little background first. Like, so people may not know, Daniel was somebody that I ended up talking to a couple of years ago, and and now he's here as a non-believer and learning street epistemology. So he knows firsthand what it's like to be interviewed, to see your video online, and to read the comments about the discussion. Mm. Yeah, pretty bad. Huh? It's well, it sucks. It's like you realize suddenly you are just one video on a playlist of videos of other people who are, in a sense, all being made fun of, in a sense, being looked down upon um, in this context. Uh, at least that was my perception of it, because it was my beliefs that were being attacked, right? I want to say attacked, uh, examined, right? It wasn't the other way around. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just, I'm in the same playlist as the guy who believes in karma, mm -hmm. or the guy who believes that Allah exists. Where at the time, for me, very different concepts as an atheist now a lot of that falls into the same umbrella but for someone who is much more sensitive about their beliefs and hasn't hadn't examined that as critically before it was kind of a shock and to see people talk about you and talk about what your experience is and how you were and how you must have gotten to this point um is a bit dehumanizing it's a you know, um, it's a bit cruel. Um, and in some cases, they could be right. You know, I, I believe yeah. that I was indoctrinated. But it's for it me to say that. It's not for somebody else to say that about my experiences, yeah. right? So Can those comments be turned off so that people can't comment on them? You can, and you can turn them off per video, too. And that's, an, that's another negotiating tool that you can use if somebody says, you need to blur my face. And I just can't stand to read the comments. You can turn off the comments on them. Yeah, that's that's just you, cruel. Um, yeah, that's kind of. Did you notice that I started adding a little warning, like a, a thing at the end of the videos to give people a heads up? Yeah. Like there's a, there's a chance that the person that you just watched might be what reading your comments, so please take that into consideration. I should add something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like all the comments were like that, but. Uh, you remember the bad ones, is that it? And you remember the bad ones, right? Because the ones that are good are mostly either praising you or just being very respectful towards me. But you can tell that they don't buy what I'm saying, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, still got that bit yeah. of doubt. That's, that's a, a delicate uh, thing that we are always having to deal with, isn't it? The, the uh, fine edge between are we, uh, are we debating, are we fighting, are we turning people into atheists or are we really just trying to be respectful and, and learn things? It's like people expect us to be fighting them 
And even when we don't think we are, they get that impression, right? This, mm -hmm. this is where most of the, these guys who are uh, posting critical blog posts about us, you know, they, they watch out for the SEs, you know, they're coming after you. And it's like, well, we don't think we're really coming after you, <laughs> but mm -hmm. they, they perceive it as a threat. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I've heard some reports of, of uh, believers playing examples of street epistemology in their churches now. Yeah. Have you heard of any of that, Reed? No. I mean, I've seen the one, what was it, McGrew, like years yeah, ago? Yeah, they, they were doing it. I think they were showing them in there. Yeah, I've heard two or three times now, uh, not even including that, of people reporting that they were either in an instance where that was happening or their their friend told them about it. it this is all circ circumstantial. I don't know if it's really true, but um, that's interesting. If I was in that church, that would probably backfire on like the people who were showing it. Like I would be thinking about these questions. Yes. So that's, that's, that's fine the, with me. That's the thing. I, I think I, they... Yeah. Mm. I think they would take probably videos out of context and show really bad reasons why people believe things and be like, no, this is why you should believe it. You know, I can see where that could be. A thing. Oh, maybe. Maybe they're selective uh, in what they show. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's true. I guess it depends on what example they're showing. If they showed an example where it was for me three and a half years ago. Um, it could probably be quite effective in showing how horrible we are. Uh, but if they showed a recent one and they played it in full, I think I, I think I sided with Reed on this. I think it would be very compelling. I would be thinking about that talk that I just watched and be like, I have no way that I, I would have answered that the same way that that person did. Or yeah. how would my kids answer that? And that was a good question. How do I know that that's true? I, I, I think they should show all the videos they want. Uh, I just hope that the they, they, they show them the recent ones and, and end to end. That would be my requirement. Yeah. But yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing stopping them from showing a very, a very crude one, either myself or somebody else has done. Yeah, and that, that guy who like befriended, the black guy who befriended KKK members, did a Reddit AMA. Um, Daryl Davis? A couple, like, a couple days ago, yeah, Daryl Davis. Mm -hmm. And something he said really st stuck with me. I don't know the exact phrase, but he's saying like, even just us sitting there and listening politely, that's like a passive way of showing who we are. Mm -hmm. It's like, we are, it's like a, yes, it, it's a demonstration in, of an, in and of itself. Yeah. Fully agree. Fully and agree. And it's yeah. even if you didn't say anything, it's progress because at least you're hearing the other side, right? That's why. Yes. That's why I tell people who say this would never be in my nature. I could never do street epistemology. And my my advice is just try to have a conversation where you're listening to somebody and you're hearing them out and you're being respectful and you thank them for their time and then you you let them go, because just asking mm -hmm. somebody what do you believe and why and how can you be so sure, and mm -hmm. hearing them out and then just letting them explain it, that in itself could cause doubt in the person who's doing the explanation. Sure, because, because if they have mm -hmm. to enunciate those beliefs, if they have mm -hmm. to say them out loud, you know, yeah. they have to, they have to hear that. Yeah. And if they hear it, it's, and, it sounds and, different when it's out loud to another person. And if you can be respectful while you're hearing them out, that it, it's, it's harder to, I've said this before, it's harder to dismiss an atheist 
who is polite. Mm -hmm. We make it really easy yeah. for people to dismiss us when we're assholes. Yes, that's. Mm -hmm. I actually think that's one of the biggest problems we have right now, and 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 the the main reason why SE is important mm -hmm. because it's the one single uh, focused part of the atheist movement that is goes in direct conflict to the stereotype, and mm -hmm. and that yes. stereotype is killing us because people are constantly yes. being jerks. And um, so, okay, so, but people still do find issues with this SE approach. Okay, but <laughs> there can't be possibly be as many, right? Well, uh, let, me, let me say this. Go ahead. When I first met Anthony, he did change my perception of what atheists were like. Yes. Okay, because the ones that I had met before were the guys who did all the counter apologetics mm -hmm. and who were generally just not pleasant people to be around pleasant that people weren't and when i met anthony and i started questioning I'm like so you, like you're really an atheist like i there was a part of me that was like oh okay so he's having this conversation with me he hasn't and he's not a dick know, yet yeah see that's he important. hasn't even talked about the bible hasn't even brought it up and yet he's already dismantling my beliefs somehow in this way that right. i think it's i think it's a huge thing really i really anything. think that 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 stereotype is is widespread, mm -hmm. and just just listening to Daniel just now, it, he was he was essentially startled. You right? Am I am I paraphrasing? Yeah, yeah. You were oh, startled yeah. that you were not an idiot, or an asshole to you, right? <laughs> yeah. What yeah. What does that and tell like, you? You know, that's one reason why I really like the SE approach in particular. One, because I'm biased and it helped me a lot. But two, because. That is the number one issue I see the, is the PR, right? It is the public yes. reception. It's not that people don't know. Not, there's, well, there's a lot of people that don't know what atheism is. But the ones that do know, they have that perception in their minds. It's that stereotype. It's killing and us. It's been that way for a long time. And not to dismantle the work of Christopher Hitchens or, or anybody like that who do take that more polemic approach. I'm not saying that's not important. But it's not the only thing that we could be doing. And so I think that's why there needs to be a rise of, of SE yeah. and more of these kinds of conversations. Um, it's just so helpful. Yeah, I think it's bigger than the atheism movement at this point, it, or it has the potential to be. Like, I don't even see it as an atheist thing anymore. It's not. I, I mean, I had to freaking talk with somebody about believing that a bird, you know, a dead relative comes back as a bird. Um, yeah. This is about identifying reliable ways to come to our beliefs and it doesn't have to be about god it could be about anything and that's what's so exciting about this is that it's improving discourse and it's helping people abandon beliefs that are not true i mean nothing i can't i cannot think of anything more important than that <laughs> yeah what is more important than that so that's yeah. that's why i pour as much time and effort into this because i think it's so so key and i get a lot of messages from people probably just as many messages from atheists who say you are showing me a better way of talking to believers. I get as many messages mm -hmm. that say that as I do from people who say, I was a believer, I was watching your material, and I started asking myself these same questions, and I'm no longer a believer. So I'm getting a kind of an even mix of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure what's more exciting. It's almost I'm almost more excited to see the improved discourse. Totally. I, I really think that's that's 
if not the highest, the the high, uh, the almost the highest uh, or most important thing about this is we are changing the perception. Uh, this right. oh, changes the the stereotype. Right, but there is there. I don't know if you were going to get to this read, but there are people who think that the SE approach is sneaky, and they would much rather. I've I've heard people report that they would much rather see an argumentative atheist who's using counter apologetics instead of being sneaky. Maybe that's, that's a whole that's a whole episode. Um, <laughs> Just opened up a big old can of worms there. I think it's worth I think it's worth noting that this is this is not like a, a resounding this is the best way ever. Because there is there are still complaints about it. Yeah, it's not that those methods aren't useful. It's that we don't see enough of the SE method, I think, as much as we should compared to these other methods, right? The, the, the balance isn't quite there, I don't think. Do you think if more people were using SE, there'd be less complaints about it being sneaky? No, I mean, um, so like somebody may be convinced more by, or, or maybe convinced that that approach is better, the counter-apologetics approach, but oh. if, they, if they don't have the option, if, if they mm. don't have, you know, <laughs> other ways of doing it, then well, here's okay. Here's what's interesting: the people that I've heard say that they prefer the the direct counter apologetic approach are the apologists who give uh, the apologetics. That makes some sense because that's what they're used to. That's what they're that's yeah. what they're equipped for, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. why they and want okay. So that's the that's the believing side. I have also seen a small percentage of atheists who don't like the SE approach and prefer the counter counter apologetic approach. And it just so happens that they excel in that, and they've given lots of debates, and they're very good at it. Okay, so, so I, I have to, I have to wonder if some of the yeah. resistance is coming from well, this this is pushing on me outside of my comfort zone. I don't understand why we don't attack their 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 facts with our facts. Mm -hmm. yeah, it all okay. it all comes yeah. down to the science for me. We need to go where the science takes us. Yeah, this, it comes down to. And, oh, I'm including just, and I'm including psychology when I say science, mm -hmm. by the way. Well, I've just heard the complaint that you're kind of sneaking up on believers and swiping away their beliefs from underneath them and, like, kind of confusing them almost. And I would say, like, isn't that a good thing? Like, wouldn't yeah, you rather have people believe on better reasons than before? And it's not like that they're just going to completely abandon their beliefs. That's not what I did. I tried to look for better ways to justify my beliefs. And when I found that I couldn't do that, that's when I made that transition. But it, it wasn't an immediate thing either. That's that's like saying that it's sneaky for, for the child to go up to the king and say, you're naked. Is that sneaky? It's just it's just obvious. <laughs> you know, it, if... yeah. I think the terms of theism are just the wrong terms when speaking about a concept of a god. Like if someone who believes in like chakras feels that they're sick and they're like, well, my chakras are out of alignment. Like, how do I fix my chakras? You don't speak with them in terms of chakras. You speak with mm -hmm. them in the correct terms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all about so critical thinking for me, not, not really religion. That just happens to be a big area. I think, I, yeah, I think it gives people a language to use to examine their beliefs that they didn't have before. Uh, a way of talking about their beliefs that most church-going people wouldn't be comfortable talking about. 
Mm. Right. They wouldn't consider their belief in God to be on the same level as the belief in karma. But right. how do you epistemically justify between the two? Right. You know, uh, on that sense, there are that. Right. I think I think there are some things that we can do prior to having a talk that we're initiating to alert people as to what we're doing. So I try to I try to explain that I say, you know, I want to pick a belief that you really think is true. It's tied to your identity. It motivates you to behave differently. And I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going to respectfully challenge what you believe. And sometimes people are less confident. And I've got I've gone. I've, I've, I'm always experimenting and trying something different. And some people say you're going too far. You're over explaining what you're doing. You don't need to do all that. So I don't know what the, what the right balance is. I still I, am, I, don't, I don't know if we can make everybody happy, even if we completely explained specifically what's what can likely happen. Yeah, the I, act of doing that could make a person too defensive to actually accomplish what you're hoping to accomplish, which is helping the person. Maybe, but I, I still don't see. I still would like somebody to at least try this just to see what happens. Just come right out and say, hi, I'm into a thing called street epistemology. It's about having Socratic discussions. It's just completely upfront about I what you're doing. At the end, sometimes. Yeah. I usually do. I, I've been starting to do that. I, well, I don't upload every Does, video, so you probably don't see some of that. But is it yeah. is it not working? Is it working worse than just people? People are interested when I mention it because that's where all the sneakiness comes from, the, the, or the claims of sneakiness. You know, I don't hide behind the term at all. Yeah, I mean, we probably should start advertising it because there's there's nothing to hide about it. And I would want them to look up street epistemology. I want James to study street epistemology so that when he runs into his friend who's a Jehovah's Witness that wants him to join, that he's going to be adequately prepared to challenge his friend to see why he thinks it's true. So yeah, I I, I want to um, I want to promote it mm -hmm. even to the person that I'm talking to that I might be challenging their their belief on. We need some t-shirts. Mm. Logos first. Logos yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Logo design first, where that's coming, <laughs> and then we'll get some T-shirts, and we can get a little bit of income to cover some of our expenses. I think we're over time, guys. Are we? How are we, we even going for here? Wrap it up or keep going? I have until ten o'clock, and I got to be out of here. So it's, uh, seventeen minutes. I'm, I'm well, free. You want to take one more question? Yeah, let's take a question or something. Okay. What do you want to end on? Why is SE important to you? Or did we cover that pretty much already? Uh, we've probably touched on it some. Kind of covered it. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe why we choose SE over, over other methods? No, we, we talked about that too. Never mind. Yeah. We totally talked about that. Um, there will be details on the logo in the private Street Epistemology Facebook group and on Twitter. Uh, the project manager is putting together a document that will outline everything, the deadlines, the formats that we need, things to consider. And this could be your chance to create a logo that will be used for something really, really important, really interesting. How about this question, uh, are we making a difference? Are we? Well, well, <laughs> made a difference to him. <laughs> I Okay, I think we are. So I guess we've answered the question. <laughs> Next yeah. question. I think it's I think it's pretty apparent that we're making a difference. Well, it's this method is getting noticed yeah. by people regardless of where they stand on a particular claim, and I think it's very hard to find faults with it. I think there are some things that we can work on, but 
it's it's just, i mean you can see the videos you can see the uh, examples it feels like when you're doing it you're making a difference you know when someone responds with a long pause and oh wow i hadn't really thought of it. i mean that feels like you've accomplished something it feels great it feels great yeah that's pretty true yeah you're planting seeds to use yes. a christian term <laughs> planting seeds yeah if i get someone to say oh i haven't thought about that then uh, that's made my day like i've, I've... yeah and that that's another question you know what is an se success and what is a failure i personally if i just get the pause or an item i never thought about it that way i i think i can figure myself i've already i've already won i've succeeded i've, I've done what i wanted to do anything mm -hmm. else after that you know is just you know pleasant chit chat and i'm okay yeah. if they want to totally. keep talking you know about that i will but yeah, if somebody if somebody's a hundred percent sure that their belief is true, and you get a couple I don't knows out of them in a ten minute talk, because that's that's the that's where things change in their brain. That's incongruent. There, you can't be certain but be unable to answer certain things. Now, it may it may be that you're just unprepared to give the answer, and there really is an answer. It doesn't mean that your belief isn't true if you can't explain, or you're unable to give a reliable justification for it. Your beliefs could still be true. But that generally starts people on a journey to try to figure it out. Yeah, I, I see that as, as the magic moment where they've stopped believing it for some, some reason that is, corresponds to a need that they have, some kind of emotional need or, or you know, personal, I, I can't live unless I have this thing in my life. It switches from where they're just believing it for that reason to engaging their brain their, their logic circuits and that they're going to engage their logic circuits all of a sudden it looks different when they look at it that way and that's all you need to do is is get them thinking about that and the more people that know this method the likelihood that that person runs into somebody else that can keep the conversation going and keep them thinking about it the better yep. yeah that's the idea of the the ten thousand, right yeah we're already 4% of the way. Woohoo! <laughs> well, that's a good opportunity to remind people. We only have to do that 25 more times. If you go to streetepistemology.com, you can create an account and you can indicate your location and what name you want to have show up on the map. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter Bogosian, when he wrote his book, is hoping for 10,000 people to learn this method and apply it. And he thought that if we can get 10,000 people to learn this and use it, it can make a real difference in the world. And it, it seems like we're heading there. It's uh, yeah. This, this seems good. Uh, this seems. Why this isn't seems... Peter on that map? That's what I want to know. Huh. Shouldn't he be on there? That's a good question. <laughs> I think I'm on there. Jot that down, huh? I don't remember if I went through the whole process. Is Reed on it? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Daniel, are you on it? I, I think so. Okay. I remember signing my name somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody, please sign up. If you're in the Facebook group or, or any of the groups, you know, for that matter, please yeah, sign up to that because the, the number of people who are on that map is clearly a small subset of, of all the people out there. And there's, there will be some advantages to, to, to creating an account eventually that, we plan on eventually adding a form to the website 
there might be a way for you to let people know in your general area if some event is happening, mm -hmm. like a, I don't know, a protest or <laughs> someone's giving a talk on SE. You can just very quickly, we, we, could, we could actually customize an email to let people know that certain things are happening. So yeah, the more people that are on that, I think the better. There's also mm -hmm. the street epistemology subreddit, which is pretty good, and the uh -huh. Discord server is pretty new. We have a subreddit. What is Discord exactly? Oh, is it text-based? It's yeah. a it's it was a an app for game gamers to like voice chat while they play a game. But it's kind of evolved into just like a like a just a social media like hub of itself for like voice yeah. chat and text, it's text conversation. And voice chat. So, is it categorized? Yeah. So like if I'm just interested in religion or yeah, each crystal. each Discord server has its own separate server. So People make a up straight epistemology server. Oh, okay. I was and just on it today. Coming soon. Yeah, well good. I was just on it today and and was wandering about uh, and it very quickly some people started talking to me and uh, asking me some things and you know I said something about I was looking for a street epistemology channel and they said uh, I don't know if there's one of those there's no way to search but if you go over here these guys might know so I they popped me into that one and I asked there and somebody had heard about that and then eventually I, I came across the one that we someone who who made ours was that you Reed or somebody um, else I, I don't think I made it no I came I across that and when I got onto the street epistemology channel, a bunch of the guys who were had been talking to me initially, I dragged in with me, and, and they came in too. Okay. Uh, and then I was in a philosophy one, and just starting to—I mean, they—they're just talking. They have little voice channels. You just connect to the voice channel, and, and you start talking. And you start hearing them. Uh, I'd like to get the link to that after this. If you can send that to me, that'd be useful. Sure. So, you know, uh, voice chat. I think it has some promise to to be useful. I'm not a big fan of the text-based. Someone in the chat, uh, Leszek Nowak, said, well, they're from Poland, and they've launched a Polish YouTube live call-in show based on SE, and they use right. Discord to do that. Sweet. Oh, yeah. And I think that, subtitles if I'm not mistaken, uh, AXP uh, helped them or gave them some tips or something, maybe. Oh, nice. Cool. I think so. I think that's the case. So much new technology. Yeah. Feels like things are kind of taking off, doesn't it? It does. Daniel, you're going to be in Austin this weekend, right? We're going to be hanging out? Yeah, we are. We're going to go on that back cruise, boy. The experience crew, um, the God Awful Movie Podcast crew, um, and probably some other people. So, yeah, it's going to be cool. If you're there, Austin, Texas. Me. Texas yeah. is the place to be for for atheists. It does seem like a little seem oasis. To be, it seems to be a hotbed of atheism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much to talk about there, but we can't. All right, we've got a lot of... We're out of time for that right now. <laughs> yeah, we have lots of topics. I mean, we could make a lot of shows on all this stuff. Yeah, no, do you want to... Like set another time to do the next one, or we'll figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Let's figure uh, out maybe once a month to start, and then um, we were planning to take the audio from this and then release it as an episode on the SE podcast. I think people will be interested in it, 
And we, we probably should come up with some sort of name if we keep doing yeah. it. Yeah, and people give us feedback, like if we should like make it more structured. This is pretty casual right now, so some people like to have structure to not waste time, but whatever. A little, a little structure maybe, but not too much. Like, mm -hmm. You know, news, chit-chat, and questions mm -hmm. or something, questions from yeah. Everybody uh, likes to play it loose. I like to play it loose, man, to give give people what they want. Listen, okay. listen, just figure out what people are asking for and try to give it to them. Okay, I think they turned off all the lights in this library, and I don't know <laughs> if they know that I'm in here. So I'm going to go that. Probably a good time to wrap it up. Oh, I would love yeah. to be locked in the library. Uh, how about third Thursday of every month, then? I just, think maybe maybe that might, yeah, that might work. Okay. We'll just have to, we'll have to see. I, I've yeah. got weird schedules. I mean, I'd love for it to be weekly at some point, but yeah, that's fine. Bi-weekly might be fun too. Okay. Well, right, guys. it's been fun. That was great. Yeah. I'll go ahead and end this and then uh, we'll convert it to an episode and uh, we'll let people know if we decide to schedule another one. Give us some feedback. Let us know if you like this, what you hated about it, what you liked about it. And uh, be sure to check out Reed's channel as well. He just uploaded a new video, Cordial Curiosity. Yeah, I'll try and, and uh, have them at least one up for the next few days each day. That's good. Nice. Yeah, I can't turn I can't turn them around that quickly. You're I'm so gonna good. try to get I'm gonna try to get one out tomorrow. All right. All right. All right, everybody. Later, guys. Thanks for watching. Peace. Yeah, thanks everybody for watching. Bye. Bye. See ya. Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos.